the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This podcast brought to you by the Weekly Standard Cruise. Cruising the Mediterranean October 9th through the 20th with all of your Weekly Standard favorites, including Stephen Hayes, Bill Crystal, and Fred Barnes. For more information, visit TWSCruise.com. That's the Weekly Standard, TWSCruise.com. Please welcome on this profound date, Steve Hayes of the Weekly Standard. Speaking of unusual facial hair, Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Wow, what a wonderful introduction. Thank <laughs> hey, you so much. You're I'm, one of the I'm really few, flattered. You're one, of the, you're one of the few people I know who can make a goatee work despite not being a Civil War reenactor. So I think it's really good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so um, you, have an, you have an interesting uh, piece in the Weekly Center magazine, Lipstick on the Obamacare Pig, about the problems that have arisen since the uh, supposed victory for Team Obama through the Supreme Court, now that Obamacare is the law of the land, the court challenge has been settled. That was supposed to be good news, but you're saying the path since then has not all been sweetness and light. No, certainly not. And, in fact, my piece uh, in this week's Weekly Standard really just sort of touches the, the surface of, of what's a, an increasingly difficult problem. You have a front-page story in the Wall Street Journal today about increasing premiums and not increasing by, you know, a dime or two here or there, but dramatic spikes in premiums. You've had the, the difficulties with states not wanting to be part of the exchanges. You had last week uh, Kathleen Sebelius acknowledged that the administration had approached the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and others in an effort to help promote and sell Obamacare only to be rebuffed by the NFL in a pretty public way at the end of last week for reasons that I think are entirely understandable and justifiable, smart decision by the NFL. So this is, this is, we're seeing trouble now, and we're going to see much more trouble later. Will there be political trouble, though, for the Democrats? The uh, theory I've heard is they just got to get the subsidies going, get people to start receiving checks. And once Americans start getting checks, they never vote to get rid of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy that frankly, uh, because even if even if you get the subsidies going, there are going to be so many other complications in the implementation. I mean, things that, you know, we all remember the president, even for those of us who don't follow sort of the twists and turns of the everyday contours of politics and political debate, everybody remembers the president saying, you know, if you have insurance you like, you can keep it. Uh, if, you, if you like your doctor, you're going to be able to continue to see him or her. I mean, you know, these are the promises that Everybody remembers the president making. They're just not going to end up being true. And we're seeing that early, I think, now. And, and we're going to see it more in the coming weeks, months, and years. In Massachusetts, where we already had a primitive form of Obamacare, you know, the Romney Care uh, experiment, uh, the finances are a disaster. In fact, uh, we just had a half a billion dollar tax hike enacted over this past weekend. And supposedly it was for transportation, but when the actual budget's being rolled out, you see how little the money's going to transportation. People are asking, where's all that new money going? It's going to health care because they simply can't sustain it. Do you think that real, that state by state you're going to see taxpayers getting hit with the impact of Obamacare and rejecting it there? Or will it be a kind of a national, holy crap, this thing really isn't adding up a reaction? I think it's going to be both. I mean, you're seeing trade, you're seeing states, treat Obamacare and all of its various uh, elements differently, of course, with Medicaid expansion, you're seeing it differently with the exchanges and what have you. But but one way or another, somebody's going to have to pay for this. And that was, that was of course, always, in my, argue, in, in my view, the, the fundamental flaw with the arguments in favor of Obamacare was that you were going to cover more people 
and you were going to do it for, for less money. It right. didn't make sense. At the same time, pri- providing higher quality care, according to the president. You know, you don't have to be a genius to understand that that's not going to work. That argument's not going to sell. So we're going to start to see, I think, increasingly more and more problems with that. And, and I think if you look at the governors who have, um, you know, eagerly accepted this, this quote-unquote free federal money, for instance, to expand Medicaid. Well, you know, the federal government says that they're going to pay 100% of the cost for the first three years or so, and, and then the states are going to have to pick up some of the costs, but the federal government's really going to continue to, to, to kick in. Look, the federal government can't continue to do this. I mean, one of the, that's one of the three entitlement programs that's really, I think, putting pressure on the, the federal fiscal system broadly is Medicaid. And you know, if you look at somebody like a Chris Christie in New Jersey, when he came down to Washington and gave a speech at the American Enterprise Institute a couple of years ago, said that Medicaid was going to be the ruin of the federal government and was going to have an adverse impact on states. And now you have many governors, including Governor Christie, who are saying, look, you know, we, we've got to take this money. It's good for the states. It's good for it's good for our people. You know, you're in Washington, and so you stand with – you're looking these people in the eye when they tell you things like, we can absolutely give away free health care money, and we'll actually save money by doing it, and you know, it's going to be terrific. And you know the whole time it's, it sounds like craziness. Do they not know that it's crazy, or do they just pretend to not know? Because any normal, rational person would say promising to give away free stuff is going to mean you're going to have to pay for a lot more stuff. Right. I mean, look, you know, who knows on, on an individual basis what the, what the motives are. I mean, I think mm-hmm. surely there are probably some people who wanted to believe what they were saying and maybe maybe as a consequence did believe the arguments they were making. But I think for the most part, this is, you know, yet another example of a sort of short-term versus long-term thinking that has created so many problems, I think has us in real trouble nationally. Right. Uh, you know, when when it comes to our, our finances and our debt. I mean, you have politicians who are up for re-election in the House every two years, in the Senate every six, who can go and make arguments about all of the good stuff that they're going to be giving away and not have to worry about, um, you know, unless they're, they're somebody like Ed Markey who's been in Congress for 37 years, not <laughs> have to worry about actually having to pay for it right. and, and and raise the taxes down down the line. And I think that's what you're seeing. You had politicians who thought, with some arm twisting, you know, when Obamacare was passed, that they could go out and make a case, hey, look, we're going to do all of this stuff to to, uh, to make your lives better. We're not, it's not going to really cost more. In fact, it could save money, even though they were playing budget gimmicks all along in order to get it passed. And they're not likely to going to be the ones who are going to have to solve the problem when we see this mountain of debt ultimately, I think, uh, you know, really require urgent solutions. Uh, the uh, you're, you're in Washington, so you're also getting to see the reaction to the Obama presidency and this the second term thus far. I, I was talking to someone. I do a radio show in Ireland every Monday, and the, I, the Europeans are just like crestfallen at how this presidency has turned out. I saw people waving signs that showed uh, Obama with headphones that said Stasi 2.0 in Germany. I mean, Stephen, I mean, that's for our standards, that would be tough. But for the Europeans who absolutely loved Obama, this is a real is is his presidency in a a certain sense over in the sense that he's never going to be viewed as the Obama we elected. 
Yeah, I, yes. I think the short answer to that is, is actually yes. I think the president that presidency that he campaigned on, the one that he laid out in right. the, the 2008 and to a, to a lesser extent in 2012, was hope and change and all this. I think that's not he's not going to be able to do any of that anymore. I mean, you've now got a, a country that I think is, has lost so much trust in the federal government. Even people who are willing to give the president the benefit of the doubt on you know, on his, his ineffectiveness, his inability to solve problems in the first term, voted for him to give him another term, I have to be looking around at this point and saying, geez, this is not at all what I thought we were getting. Uh, and on top of that, he hasn't been able to solve our problems, whether they're economic or what have you, uh, and in some cases has, has added to them. So I think the, the real, uh, you know, Obama 1.0, the original Obama presidency, he's not going to be shaping the agenda uh, he's going to be a president who I think is going to spend the better part of three and a half years reacting to what's happening both at home and overseas. And in that sense, you know, people who say, well, he's he's you know, he's going to be president, but he's not going to be relevant or not going to be significant. Well, I don't agree with that. I think that's foolish. How he reacts to these things is going to be very important. But he's not going to be the one who's primarily shaping the agenda. He's not going to be able to get the Republican Congress, Republican House to do anything. Um, and I think the 2014 elections are likely to be a big setback for his agenda and his party. Steve Hayes, thanks so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. Anytime, Mike. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast, brought to you by the Weekly Standard Cruise. October 9th through 20th, cruise the Mediterranean with your Weekly Standard favorites. For all the details, visit TWSCruise.com. That's TWSCruise.com.